0: Make sure to use the promo code Reformatory to get 20% off all bagged coffee. Do yourself a favor and stop drinking bad coffee because you know what? Life's too short for that. Head on over to mcquanocoffee.com and use the promo code Reformatory to get 20% off all bagged coffee. You will not regret it. Thanks, and now on to the show.
1: What's wrong with you people? Y'all feel this morning.
0: Why do you always make me define what you meant?
1: Look, that's how I feel. How, 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 how dare you? I don't know why you're clapping. I'm talking about you. How dare you?
0: Answer the question until you ask it correctly. Hello and welcome to the Reformatory, the podcast for the local church by the local church. My name is Josh Loftus, and I'm here with Brojack. I'm bringing it
1: back. <laughs> Why <are> you
0: <laughs> bringing it back? Come on! It's after classic. Reformation Month. Classic. You went classic.
1: straight back to Brojack. I did. I did. Man. Yep.
0: Because I need some solace of like I need some solace of you know some comfort. Some solace, some some feeling of 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 normality, some normalcy. <laughs> and Brojack is just—he's always there for you. Brojack will never let you down. He'll never let you go. He'll never, uh, something and feel, for and, some, and desert you. For never, for some
1: reason, that name reminds. What is it? Is it a cartoon? What that Bojack? has the horse's head? It's like this. It's like the. It's like a cartoon off like. Adult Swim or something like that. Is it Bojack ho- Horseman or something I like that? I have zero clue. Okay, like we're, to me, it reminds me of Bojack, <laughs> uh, the ball the Balt yeah, Detective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're definitely, we definitely know what's going on with TV in our yeah, genre, even past our generation right now, gracious, Josh. Dude, I don't know what's going on these days. Um, I never
0: know. Come on. I,
1: I thought there was a cartoon that's like Bojack Horseman. There probably people can, is. People can, somebody's can,
0: probably screaming at us, yeah, like they through their through their their headphones right now. Just.
1: But oh, we're sorry, like Jack
0: and I are sorry that we're not up to date <laughs> on all of the ins and outs of cultural moments. I don't know if I'm sorry. I'm just like whatever, <laughs> dude. On the way down here, I put this up on Twitter. On the way down here, um, I passed an army convoy on I five, <laughs> dude. I don't know what it is. Like they're going to Yakima, dude. Oh yeah, probably. Yeah, but oh, I know uh, they're
1: going to Yakima. <laughs> I will never
0: not get excited. When I see an army convoy, dude, I'll honk, I'll I, wave. Like, it's so cool. Because those,
1: those, those trucks they're in are like mammoth, dude. I it's did, amazing. I did two of those where we went from the just outside the Tacoma area all the way from on uh, Highway 18, for those of you familiar with Washington State highways and freeways, and then we went from 18 to 90, and then 82 all the way down to Yakima. You took them on the I-90? Oh, we take one oh, on 90 yeah. Dude, you're like cruising. And we did that after Labor Day. One, one time I remember. We did that after Labor Day. And uh, yeah, it's, it's quite the soiree because people don't see that. Well, no, y- yeah,
0: it, it's definitely a spectacle. But then like you always have like those two or three dudes up top that yeah. are just like Chilling, that are chilling, you know, yeah. like they got their glasses on, like they're getting wind blasted, like, yep. and all manner of probably um, insects and debris from
1: other cars just smacking them in the face. You but do get the very fun interaction with the people in the cars, though. I yeah. will say that, like, I am go into guy. Detail, but like, there's been I like, am that guy interactions we've had with but, the people in the cars. But, but I am like the positive interaction. Like, I am like, <laughs>
0: like, like the like I am like the nine year old kid who's, like, in an adult body. Like,
1: oh, this its so cool. Like, look at those. Like, check it out, right? But I'm sure you get the opposite reaction, too. It's fun seeing them. I usually look at the because I know what units they're from. I can decipher which unit and who they're from. There's actually a guy that I know in Ellensburg, where I grew up, who was in a unit that's over in the installation just south of where I'm at in Tacoma. And he, like makes it a habit him and his wife like make like cookies and all these like homemade goods and they say if you're in this unit come stop by this place on your way over to Yak. and they do it's seriously it's an engineer unit yeah and they do it all the time because they they make make them cookies they make them cookies and like all these like goodie bags and stuff like that and i'm like dude i wish we had that kind of a all tour these, de france kind of moment all these young all these
0: young recruits <laughs> these days like, jack's over here like back in my day we didn't have no goodie bags we didn't have I nobody mean, let's be honest us we kind of
1: did it was it was the global war on terrorism and yeah, we're in true. afghanistan so that's you, true i mean the way i deployed is you I'm, too, I'm going down the rabbit hole i'm sorry people but how about it? you how i deployed was we went from seattle to dulles international airport And mind you, all of our weapons in, like, pelican cases and stuff like that, so getting them through the airport, people are, like, side-eyeing us. Oh, sure. But then we're in our fatigues in camo, so they're like, okay, like, you pass. Right, right, right. (laughs)
0: Um, You can get away with so much if you dress in camo. (laughs) It's Don't made. get in any Dude, ideas, listeners. It's, it's, I'm just you can <laughs> get away with virtually anything if you look somewhat military. Oh, my gosh. Not that I know
1: from experience. You can't do that now. You can't travel in fatigues anymore unless you're coming out of <gasps> really? a combat zone. Is that You have to you be either that in dress fe- – it's new within the last, I think, five or six years. You have to be in dress uniform or you have to be something else. Because I know when I went, so on my leave from Afghanistan, I went – from my end station was in Yakima because my dad lives in Ellensburg. So Yakima is the regional airport. So I went from, I think, Atlanta over to Seattle. And then I took that little hopper plane from Seattle to Yakima. And I got off, and everybody's like, What? Like, Who is and this then guy? I showed up because you show up back when you're getting off of leave and you're all and you're in your fatigues. Right, right. And there was a guy that I knew from the college. He was a professor and he's like, Where are you going? And I'm like, Afghanistan. And he's like, Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like shocked oh, looking no. at me. But the first time when I went out to Afghanistan, we went from Dulles International Airport, which is in DC, all the way over to Germany, stopped off in Germany, and then went into Turkey. And then from Turkey, we went into one of the Repu- Soviet republics. And then we went into Afghanistan on a military flight. But Usually that doesn't happen these days anymore. You're strictly on a C one thirty or on a C seventeen, for all of you military folk that know what that is. They're all plane designations. And then you're flying straight into the action these days. There's no way station point. There's That's no right. they time just, they in just, Kuwait. They just throw <laughs> it Yeah. Yeah. There's no beach parties in Kuwait or anything. <laughs> Oh,
0: those legendary beach parties in Kuwait—we've all heard about them. Air Force yeah. knows what I'm talking about.
1: Oh, <laughs> oh. Sorry, Air Force. Ouch. People. Low blow.
0: Had to. Ouch. That hurts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yes, you did have to. Like, I yes. feel like I feel like it's it's kind of a yeah. Uh, it's kind of a must if you're any branch of the military other than Air Force to yeah. kind of crap on Air Force. But I've got a good friend in the Air Force, so
1: I'm not going to jump in. Although I will smile. I mean, their special operations dudes are are pretty wily. So, oh, for sure, dude. They're for fun. sure, absolutely. So. Well, right on, dude. Well, uh, it's good to see you. You as well, Josh. As,
0: You know, as we said, Reformation month is over, and I'm sad. Um, but you know, it's a new it's a new month or into November, and um, yeah, I'm I'm enjoying I'm enjoying the cool weather. I'm enjoying the oncoming holiday the frost. season. The frost. Yep. Yep. Flannel season. Which is awesome. Um, But uh, yeah, dude, life's life's not bad. Life's not bad. You're looking at some possible transition here. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Don't want to get into sweet Moses, get into too much, but uh, (sighs) possible employment shifting. Yeah. I feel like at limbo this point, I feel like at this point, like Jack's limbo. like, should I stay? or Should I go? <laughs> like, that's basically like where you're at with your job right now, which I totally understand.
1: There's, yeah, there's so many songs that could be my anthem for this season of my life. It's true.
0: It's true. But I'm going to offer you some advice. I'm going to offer our listeners some advice too that was handed down to me from my grandfather. All right. He said this. He says, boy, <laughs> he said it without the boy, yeah. uh, but he goes, the best time to find a job is when you've got a job. And it's very sound, sage advice that, uh, you know, you don't have to just let everything go and then jump into
1: something. Although sometimes that, you know, yeah. that works. But thankful for the job people, you got and possible moving on. Yeah. There's some developing things that are happening. If you follow me on the Twitter especially, you'll know what I'm talking about. The tweaker yes. for for our listeners. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: 100%. Well, dude, uh, we've got an interesting topic today. Oh yeah, yeah, and it's a sensitive topic for mm-hmm. for some, but I think something that we wanted to kind of talk about and address, and that is, how young is too young to be in church leadership?
1: Yeah, get your mind out of the gutters, people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I made sure to i made sure
0: I made sure not to leave it at how young yeah, is too yeah, young. Yeah, yeah. yeah, don't leave it at that, Josh.
1: <laughs> It's a kid's show. Good (laughs) gracious.
0: How young is too young to be in church leadership? (laughs) That's that's the question. And we have some mighty big case studies for you here in the Pacific. Goodness gracious, man. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the well, I mean, you have you have the whole I mean the the, blaring example of Drisky business. Right. 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 So yeah, we want to approach it carefully because obviously we have Examples of both going well and both going very, very badly. Right? We have, like Jack just mentioned, um, a very close to us, you know, geographically, case study of what happens when uh, the hands are laid on too soon, Mm -hmm. right? And the qualifications aren't there. The 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 maturity is not there. But then we also have cases, it like actually in Scripture where you have Timothy, right? And who was who was obviously Probably getting in his 20s i would say it, 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 yeah 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 or possibly yeah 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 he was he was definitely on the younger side for mm-hmm. sure and contextually what we can glean from paul's letters to him is he was getting some flack yeah for being very young right and possibly not being taken serious or you know all, all the things that happen when you are a young individual in a place of authority right and paul encourages him he says hey you don't need to take that because yeah. the qualifications are there right so we have both, so mm-hmm. if you're if you saw this, you know, podcast title, and you're looking for us to like put an age on it, it's not going to happen. Yeah, um, but we do think principles, we have some maybe principles, yes. yes. But but I don't think that there's a hard and fast age that you have to be at least this to be a pastor. Um, but there are very good uh, principles found in Scripture that we can glean to decipher whether or not somebody is ready Um, and I think you'll find very quickly it has more it has less to do with age and more to do with the maturity of the individual
1: Yeah. right so I will say this a really good case study that could have ended really bad but it has turned into a very good legacy if y'all don't know this man probably one of my favorite I would say how can I say this favorite ministers of the gospel that has showed himself true mind you the people that i'm going to go to are my pastors that yes. i look up to the most and glean wisdom off of but the man that i'm talking about his name is hb charles jr hb look at you okay HB do you know do you know what i'm gonna say
0: i think i know what you're gonna say but this I man
1: that. i think he's I'm not gonna put a I'm not gonna put an age on him. I think he's in his late forties, maybe fifty-ish. At sixteen, this kid was a boy preacher, and then he was put in a position where he became the senior pastor of his church down in Los Angeles, California. And he always says this every time he speaks at a conference or anything like that. He's like, I do not recommend that to anybody that you do that, that you put boy preachers in the position of being pastors of churches. But they were in this position, right? And I mean, he is very open and frank with it. And I think for him, he had so much accountability and wisdom around him that he was able to navigate that the best as anybody could put in that position. But HB is a... I mean, he's... If you have listened to... If you've been to a conference and have heard him, he is extremely encouraging. And not only that, but he will get you... You'll get the Holy Ghost and you amped up. Okay? <laughs> he, <laughs> so. is, he, he is a gifted
0: speaker. Yeah, he yeah. really is. Yeah, I haven't listened to as much of him um, as I would like to. But the the things that I have heard, he's... That's well, a really good gifted. case. Yeah.
1: We'll talk more about bad cases here. Second, unfortunately, yeah, yeah, they are not like all HB. So
0: no, no. Unfortunately, they're not, and and, and on, on, it's an unfortunate thing that I think we have we have a lot of bad cases that we can point to, and yeah. sadly, those are the ones that often come to our mind yeah. instead of the really good and encouraging ones that have definitely happened. You know, but you often don't hear about them um yeah. you you often hear about the ones that that, that like have an extreme blast radius because yeah. it blew up so bad yeah. you know what i'm saying so it's it's something that i think we we need to keep in mind that as as we are talking about these things like neither jack and i are saying that it can't happen yeah right we believe that it can yeah. we just believe that there are certain Principles and certain ways that it can happen in order for it to be good, right? Yeah. So let's start laying some of those out. Sure. So when what's what's one aspect? Um, if you have say this this young guy, right, mm-hmm. and he feels the calling to ministry, right? Let's actually focus on that first, right? Oh boy. When we talk about <laughs> the calling to ministry or the calling to the to the pastorate, right? What are some things that need to be present and -hmm. confirmed in that individual in order for that calling to be considered legitimate?
1: Yeah. um, I think one thing that younger men specifically are very zealous and they haven't seen much of the world or interacted with the very darker aspects, I guess you could say, of the world. And so you get a lot of college age men come out of seminary i think i'm called to ministry hold up time out do not pass go do not collect 200 <laughs> right um right take a chill pill right there and let's uh let's talk about this so i think one of them's definitely like humility so not just like going into the whole like i feel called to the you know and that's I don't know. I find I find it cheesy sometimes when people say that. I feel called to, you know, they go to somebody, I feel called to be a pastor. Are you, though? <laughs> I'm like the Thor meme. Are you, though? <laughs> um, right, right. And so, really, it's who have you really bounced this off of? Have you bounced it off your friends? Or have you bounced this off of seasoned dudes who've been in the trench for 10, 15, 20 years, know what's going on? Right. Right. So I think one of them is humility and then also bringing in that community to then talk about that and then then go through that testing, so to say. Yeah.
0: Yep. 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 That's all, that's all 100% right. So when somebody believes that they have been called to ministry, right, there are some barometers and some, some things that need to be checked. Yeah. Right. Um, the first, is the desire right? I mean, we we know from scripture that, that they have to have a desire for it. They mm-hmm. profess a desire for the pastor or yeah. a desire for um, eldership, right? Mm-hmm. And the Bible says that the de- he who desires this desires a good thing, yeah, right. But that's not that's not enough, yeah, right. Because there's plenty that desire it that aren't qualified, mm-hmm. right? So the desire has to be there. I think the 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 gifts that the Lord gives you mm-hmm. will confirm the calling. Yeah, right. So you need to be qualified yeah. biblically mm-hmm. by the qualifications that are given to us in Timothy and Titus, right? As to what is an elder, what is what does a man have to what are the what are the qualities he must possess in order yeah. to be considered qualified for that? Right, those have to be there, mm-hmm. and then it also what what you said has to be confirmed by your church or your in 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 the best case scenario and i think the most biblical scenario your church leadership yeah right <clears throat> because we've seen too many times guys who have great charisma Trisky and oh my <laughs> <I> god <guess, I, laughs> I know, it's sad, like, it's, it's the only thing that comes to mind, yeah. right? And it's such a softball, right? Yeah. But it's true. Um, you have somebody with great charisma, great uh, public speaking ability, the ability to communicate well, yeah. um, and has the desire for that position within, within the church, but then the confirmation of their elders is missing. And, and eight, you see yeah. them go off start their own thing, do their own thing, and basically confirm themselves. And that's that's a recipe for disaster.
1: I would say, too, you could start out that way that Josh said where you have that you're very accountable because we've seen this in the Northwest several times. You're young, you're accountable, you're saying all the right things, you're doing all the right things, and then there's this hard like 90-degree angle turn that you're making that maybe no, most people don't see, but then a lot of people do see that, maybe in your congregation, maybe other folks, and they're like, um, what's up with that? Where, where did this come from? Yeah. And a yeah. lot of it has to deal with, in those epistles to Timothy and Titus, a lot of it has to deal with this puffing up, this uh, greed and lust for power, Um, this wanting to control, this not wanting to shepherd, that's a key thing. Like shepherding, there are churches, you can be a pastor and you can never shepherd somebody. There's just no shepherding going on. Um, That's a key thing too. Your people need to be shepherded. Well, and with
0: that, something to keep in mind is if we're going to be um effective shepherds to our people.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: A lot of that happens through how we have been shepherded
1: yep. through the same
0: things. Yep. Right? Which more more often than not comes with time. Yeah. And comes with age. Yeah. And comes with a a level of maturity that You know, someone coming out of college or someone coming out of seminary just just doesn't have yet. Right. And, and, And that's not that's not a point against them. It's just it's just they haven't had the opportunity in their life to be able to go through those things. Right. So we need to understand that if we're going to be good shepherds to our people, that takes wisdom and that takes a level of maturity that one of the primary and honestly one of the only ways that happens is with time and age. Yeah. Right. It's not impossible. Right. We're not saying it's impossible but it's how it usually happens.
1: Yeah. Right. I think a good example of this an illustration of this is a lot of people think they can go to a four year university and get a great 80k paying job right out of <laughs> going to a university versus sometimes Yeah that was a lie. The- <laughs> <laughs> sometimes the best scenario for you is doing a four-year apprenticeship. And out of that apprenticeship, you become a journeyman because you are getting on-the-job training in that apprenticeship, and you're getting mentored, and you're getting all this, these more holistic views of how to do your job well versus a four-year degree. You're just learning you know, theoretical things. You haven't really put it into practice. And so I feel like that whole apprenticeship thing needs to happen.
0: Well, and that's why, I mean, that's why Jack and I are such a fan of pastors being trained by their local church elders through the church, which
1: we, I mean, at my local church, we have that. We have a group of men who get, who are rate, who have been confirmed by the elders and are saying, these are men we are going to invest in. Also, the network that we belong to of other churches is going to invest in them as well too this is how this is going to happen like so yeah i mean if your church does that like by all means keep supplanting that and raising up more elders Mm -hmm. out of your local church and seeing who are the qualified men and testing them because that needs to happen
0: well and and it it dovetails with this truth and it's not a popular truth and i don't say this as like a means of like crapping on 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 seminary because i think seminary can be very very beneficial depending on the individual yeah. and depending on the seminary right but we need to we need to remember seminary does not make you ready to be a pastor yeah seminary does not create pastors right only god can do that yeah right seminary can give you a lot of good knowledge mm-hmm. they can give you a lot of theologies and a lot of uh, you know the <laughs> The knowledge of original languages and things like that it can teach you how to put together a sermon. It can teach you how to, um, you know, do this and that. But but the ins and outs of daily ministry, daily shepherding, that you are called to do as a pastor, seminary does not prepare you for. The only way that yeah. you gain that maturity is by doing it, mm-hmm. right? Is by is by being trained up by the elders of the church that are over you giving you those opportunities to invest into your people right yeah. so it's not don't hear us crapping on seminary but seminary does not make you a pastor yeah and it does not qualify you to be a pastor right let's not go outside of scripture when yeah. we look to the qualifications of what it means to be a pastor right and and it's it's a personal pet peeve of mine when and i it's <laughs> it's when when you see someone trying to get into the pastorate or you know trying to apply for the pastor position, right? Yeah. And the qualifications is, oh, you have to have an MDiv or you have to have this, you have to have this. <laughs> and that to me is kind of frustrating is yeah. because sure. as someone who went through that, I did not come out on the other end of that mm-hmm. more prepared to be a pastor. Yeah, The only thing that has shaped my understanding of what it means to lead a church or to be part of that leadership is by doing it. And by having faithful men yeah. around me that have done it for so much longer, pointing me to the way and showing the way yeah. and modeling it for me, right? We need to we need to remember that. And I think too many young guys mm-hmm. go to go to seminary or come out of seminary with these 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 kind of vision visions of, of grandeur, of, yeah. Out, yeah, <laughs> jinx, right? These visions of grandeur that I'm gonna get my seminary degree and then I'm ready to be a pastor. And it's just not true. It's just not.
1: Yeah, we had the... In the Army, we would always make fun of the younger... I mean, I was an officer, so I went through the the ROTC route and got my commission. And really, when you're that young and in a position of authority and power, you really have to be humble and you really have to take your time because you have people who have been in the military 20 years, 25 years who are under you, and you have to say hey, I just got into this. Let me learn. Like, can I can I count on you to, like, install some wisdom? Like, that takes a real humility for a person in a position of authority to come down. We, we always used to make fun of the guys who would... Uh, we would always say this when we were deployed. Yeah, that guy's going to go win the war. The guy who's always zealous. Yep. Who's always like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go do this, blah, blah, blah. It's like, bro, you are... You are going out front with nobody behind you because you got a lot of vinegar in you. You do, (laughs) but uh, well, I don't know if you got vision and humility behind you either. (laughs) Well,
0: and and that's the thing is is it's just it's just a fact that in the majority of cases, Mm -hmm. zeal (laughs) comes with youth, yeah, right, and it's usually zeal in and of itself is not bad, but the zeal needs to be tempered by wisdom and experience. Right. Um, I think it was Calvin that said zeal zeal without wisdom is like a sword in the hands of a maniac. Yeah. Right? That and and, and young guys got a lot of zeal. All oh, right. Yeah. Young guys get out of seminary, they're gonna win the war, right? Um, and I'm that, gonna go I'm gonna go make this country Christian again. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> There's a lot <laughs> of things wrong with that statement that oh, I just said is. too. <laughs> yeah, there is, yeah. Yeah, we don't got time to dissect that <laughs> that statement. But 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 it's very true is more than often the 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 youth mm-hmm. have not had the experience that creates wisdom yeah of how to deal with certain situations right yeah so you end up having individuals who are very young in positions of leadership, and it's not tempered by the wisdom that comes from age um and it can be a very disastrous thing for both them as an individual as well as the congregation that they are in leadership over. Yeah. Right? So one of the main advices that we have is is if you are a young individual and you're seeking to be in ministry and you're at a seminary right or or not, right? You just feel that calling you need need like this is this is priority. Yeah. You need A godly group of older seasoned men around you to help temper the zeal that you have. Because the zeal isn't bad. Yeah. It's just if you're not careful, Mm -hmm. it's going to hurt some people Mm -hmm. and it's going to hurt you, right? And that temperance comes from age and it comes from experience of like, look, you know, young guy. I made those same mistakes. Let me tell you why you don't want to respond that way. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you why this three-page email is probably not a good way to handle this situation. Yeah. Right? Let mm-hmm. me tell you why, um, you know, shoving Calvinism into every sermon <laughs> maybe <laughs> might not be the best hermeneutic. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's things like that, 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 and that, that if, if left unaddressed and, and unhelped mm-hmm. can severely damage your ministry. Um, And the wise individual will surround themselves with people that have been doing it much longer than them.
1: Yeah. I equate this conversation to to even the military, where you went, you just got your commission as a brand-new spanking gold bar second lieutenant in the army. You go off to basic officer leadership course, usually. And those courses, you're with your companions, but your teachers are enlisted service members. Sergeants. Who have been in for 20, 15, 20, 10, 10, 15, 20 years. You got to talk to the sergeants, man. And I mean, there is a level of, you're my son now. Those guys, <laughs> like you go in there yep. and you're like 21, 22 years old sometimes. And they're like, yeah, you're my son now. You may be higher me than me, sir or ma'am, but you're my son now or my daughter. And it's like, I need to like break you in. I equate that time in in some churches to young guys when they go to seminary. They're with all their friends, but when they get on that front line, they need to have that same respect to where they had in the schoolhouse, to where they had also on the front line. And if they don't do that, and if they don't glean off those older, wiser um mentors, pastors, leaders, and just say, I'm going to do this my way. It is a recipe for disaster. And then on top of it, you're going to alienate people and you're just not going to live out a way in which it's, (laughs) it's appealing and, or it's showing humility. And so, I mean, for me, it's like, you know you can talk all about winning the war in the schoolhouse but when you get down to your unit like they're like eh, okay we'll see how this turns out <laughs> and usually it's sometimes those guys who have not been broken in that that still alienate people and still want to use their authority and their power to just lord it over people versus the person who is okay i have zero clue going into this because let's be honest In seminary, they don't teach you about taking care of orphans and widows. No, they don't. They don't tell you how to minister to abuse survivors. They don't tell you how to deal with a funeral. They don't tell you those hard things that are going to happen at your local church that you may be pastoring at maybe one day. So what do you need to do? You need to be humble and you need to be a listening first mentality to those older, wiser leaders they may be deacons. They may be other elders. They may be guys that have retired from the pastor that that are in your congregation that want to see you succeed. Do not shuck their wisdom off. No, no. Do not take them for granted, because if you do, it ain't gonna be pretty. <laughs> no, no,
0: no, no, no. That's 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 one of the worst things that you could do, if not the worst, is is yeah. to not utilize the wisdom that God has placed around you, right? So if you're listening to this and you are on the younger side, right, again, we're not putting an age on it, right? Yeah. Is And and it is true, the need for, like what Jack and I are talking about, the need for maturity, the need for people around you, that is true no matter how old you are, yeah. no matter how long you've been in ministry. But what we're saying is that it's extra important yeah. if you are young, Right. Because there's a lot of energy, a lot of zeal, a lot of passion and often not the life experience and wisdom to utilize that correctly. Right. So find those individuals and Lord willing, they're in your church. Lord willing, they are your other elders. Right. If you're a young pastor, um, we pray that you have older men, older, wiser men that are around you that God has placed there. To help you, right? Mm-hmm. To shape you, to mold you into a more effective, compassionate, godly, holy, uh, um, under-shepherd of Christ, yeah. right? So, don't see your youth as something to be ashamed of, because it's not, but also see the inherent weaknesses that come with youth mm-hmm. that... Uh, That need to be uh, uh, guarded against. Yeah. Right. Um, Because at the end of the day, your goal should be to be a shepherd just like Jesus is. Yeah. Right. And that comes with time. Yeah. That comes with age. That comes with maturity. That comes with experience. That's just how it works. Right. It takes time being amongst the sheep. It takes time going through those battles that seminary can't teach you. Mm-hmm. It takes time going through those issues at church that pop up where it requires you to be, you know, talking to the other guys and be like, how do I handle this? This person came up and said this. What do I do here? How should I be thinking this? And don't just rely on that zeal, which is a really sharp sword, and start hacking ears off. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so that's our advice is is to... to be is be careful be understanding of your position in life and where you're at and to be very thankful and be looking for those individuals that God has placed in your life to help you grow right
1: yeah there's a book and I really agree with this sentiment that I'm gonna say from this author, There's a book by a guy named Bobby Jameson called, I think it's Aspiring to Pastoral Leadership or something along within that line. I personally like the dynamic of aspiring to the office of elder or or being a pastor, aspiring to be a pastor versus I'm called. Because I feel like in the testing period, then you get the, the kind of confirmation that you do. Sure, I see that. So anyway, I recommend, his name's Bobby Jameson. He's a Nine Marks guy. Uh, He has been, I think, in in certain elder pastor roles before out of Capitol Hill Baptist Church with Mark Dever, but really good, solid resource from him. I think there's another book that he wrote called Elders. Maybe it's in the Nine Marks series. It's those little different... Infinity stones of those little tiny Dude, books. Those books are great, <laughs> they man. They are good. They're short, little tiny reads, but they are jam packed with a lot of information from folks who have been in those places. So, um, Bobby Jameson is a good author that we recommend to you for aspiring to the office of elder. If you want to read some more on that, but yep,
0: I'm a big fan of uh, Piper's book. Brothers, we are not professionals. Hmm. Solid book, hmm. solid book. Um, I know Piper's not beloved by many of the, formed, of the reformed <laughs> brethren and I understand <laughs> I get it but that book on on pastorate and, and understanding the role uh, was very very encouraging mm-hmm. very very humbling but but very very encouraging yeah. so um, so yeah those are our thoughts um, there's plenty more that could be said but we're already to the end of our time so we we pray for you young pastors we are for you we encourage you and um, and we pray that you will kind of take just some of these thoughts that we have to heart, and uh, um, I truly believe you'll see your ministries flourish in a way that uh, that would not be possible if 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 you did not you know understand your position and understand kind of your calling as a pastor to be to be inputting in your people but also to be in to be inputted into yeah right so.
1: Yeah, man. With that, we would like to thank you all for listening to this uh, current conversation on aspiring to pastoral leadership. If you like, our vacillations on this topic are thinking about being in communal health, if you will. (laughs) Um, Please follow us on the sociables, if you will. The Facebook. Yes. Which will probably go down again for another 24 hours. Is this just going to be a thing now? It is. It has to be a thing. There's so many memes. I'll always Whatever. have it. It's going to go down. Uh, the Facebook, the Zuck site, the instant gram, if you will. Tastes good with. Uh, gra- uh, I think of the instant gram as like the graham cracker to a s'more sometimes that's fine it. that's fine that's fine it's good with marshmallow and chocolate sometimes
0: it is um it's, it's really yeah it's really the best way to enjoy instagram but
1: the the sociable that not, does not go well with marshmallow is the tweaker the twitter the little blue bird page you, you need something well. a little stronger yeah. to be able to <laughs> tolerate that i mean unless you're going pigeon hunting and think of the tweaker as the, <laughs> the pigeon. you just have to kill it, <laughs> yeah. Got it i'm gonna go win this war so- baby <laughs> You can follow us on all those sociable sites at our tag, at Reformatory Pod. Josh, tell the lovely people how they can support us further.
0: Well, if you appreciate Jack and I's desire and attempts to increase and encourage the centrality of the local church in the life of the believer, there are a few ways you can support us. First and foremost, by prayer. We covet your prayers. We appreciate them. Uh, We love them. We thank you for that. Also, if you have the ability, we have a Patreon. And you can support us on there for $5 uh, a month. You too could become a patron and have your name Hallowed. 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 Hallowed Hallowed, through the halls of this podcast. Um, Third and final way and a way that we really like is you can scroll down to, if, if you're on iPhone. I don't know how it really is with the other platforms, but I know iPhone has it. If you're listening on Apple Music. Or it's Apple Podcasts. You can scroll down, give us a little re- review, click the five stars, um, and uh, we really, really appreciate um, that. And uh, we've had a few reviews actually come in. Mr. Mister West left us one. Mm. So we definitely appreciate that. Um, so we thank you all so much for listening. And we will catch you next week on The Reformatory. <laughs>